What's up, rockers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at talklouder underscore podcast. And of course, our website, talklouderpodcast.com. I'm Metal Dave, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And today's guest is the guitarist for Kickin' Valentina, a hard rock band out of Atlanta, Georgia. They've been around since 2013. They are currently promoting their third full-length album. Um, they're a great say, band. Are you going to say the guy's name, or are you scared? No, I, well, yeah, I am kind of scared because I don't want to mangle it. In fact, I should leave it to you because you actually kind of nailed it. Um, it's Heber. It's Heber Pampelion. Well done, Jason. That was excellent. Heber. Pampelion. Uh, See, I screwed it up. And I'm the word guy. I'm Yeah, this is terrible. Go ahead. Say it one more time, Jason. Heber Pampelion. Very well mm. done. I love that. You it's rolled all pa- this. It's not Pampelioni, but it no, almost no, no. is. But it almost is. It's, it's Italian. Club. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Heber, apologies for mangling your name. but oh, uh, he's got he- a good name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Heber's the guitarist for Kickin' Valentina. Again, they've been around since 2013. Uh, they're a good down and dirty, sleazy sort of rock and roll band. They've done like opening slots for the likes of Faster Pussycat, L.A. Guns, Skid Row. So you get the picture where they're coming from. Um, about to go on a European tour. By the time you're watching or listening to this, they will be in Europe. And uh, we've known Heber for a while, wanted to get him on the show and just sort of give us the uh, background on the band, the latest album. They've gone through some lineup changes. So we get into some discussion about uh, their their new singer, their old singer, the transition, the chemistry, what that does to the band as far as songwriting, et cetera. And uh, yeah, we were just really enjoyed talking to him today. So um, I know that... uh, they came to Austin and opened for Dangerous Toys. Um, yeah, and then, years uh, ago. and then um, Chris's previous band has played with Broken Teeth. Correct. Uh, uh, actually, quite a few times. Yeah, and, Rockets uh, Ruin. Yeah, and they also did uh, a couple of festivals where Broken Teeth and the Toys had played. And God, that was it's been many moons ago. So. There's a little bit of history with with Heber and then some of his people, and there's obviously there's obviously a uh, a uh, sort of bloodline even with uh, members of uh, Rockets to Run, with Skid Row, with uh, yeah. Kick and Valentina, and uh, Dangerous Toys and Broken Teeth in some weird fashion, as to where the cruises all come into play, and then the, all the all the bands that they. Uh, pretty much open for regularly every time those bands come through or if kick and valentina gets on full-on legs with those guys i don't know but it's just making the world feel really small when we have guests like heberon where he's saying all these things and like oh well i just saw that dude last week you know it's yeah well we run in the same circles and i and i think our audience can appreciate that and uh 
you know, the world is a small place. And uh, when you're talking about like hardcore rock fans, uh, that's an even smaller segment of the population. So if you've got nerds like us that are into the style of music we're into, um, you come together one way or another fairly quickly, I think, you know. Yeah, and I still think that even though a lot of people, it may not come to any surprise that there's this thread, you know, uh, people are still going to learn if you haven't. Uh, if you don't, if you haven't heard of Kick and Valentina or don't know the history, you're going to hear about that today. And uh, if uh, you hear something that you like, go buy a Kick and Valentina song. Um, or an album. It, buy it. Album. Go see them live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, three full length albums. One is called Super Atomic. One's called Imaginary Creatures. The latest one is called The Revenge of Rock. It features their new singer, DK Ravel. Uh, who, oddly enough, spent some time in Jet Boy. And what we learned today, which I didn't know, is he was actually um, an early uh, forerunner to be the original singer of Kick and Valentina. So it's kind of come full uh, full circle uh, in that regard. But uh, yeah, they've put out some great records. Each one shows a lot of growth. And I think they are at the top of their game right now. So uh, we're happy to have Heber with us to uh, to bring us up to speed on all things Kicking Valentina on this episode of the Talk Louder podcast. So thanks for joining us, yeah, man. How's, how's live, dude? Man, it's it's doing. Getting you know, getting ready to uh, to go back to Europe. You know, finally, it's been a while. We had to cancel like eight tours over there in the past couple of years because of COVID. You know, so. Yeah, you're uh, you're you're just weeks away from going to to Europe. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So I know. We're, uh, I think we're, we leave on the third, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, Chris was going to join us, but uh, he's getting married this weekend. I think. Yes, he's in the, he's in in uh, in England yeah. right now, getting married. Mm-hmm. Wow! Congrats and congratulations. Well, I don't know. I don't know if congratulations are in order to get married again, but you know. <laughs> We're, we always bust his balls man. well any reason to celebrate something right oh yeah. absolutely man. it's absolutely. a dark it's a dark world man so you gotta mm-hmm. find your smile whatever yeah. it is you know right right mm-hmm. and wherever it is it could be close by or mm-hmm. in england yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah so no no good for him i just wish we uh we all could have made it you know we were hoping that it somehow it could have worked out that it would have happened while we were on tour over there, which would have been kind of cool, but it just didn't work out that way, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so, cause that would have been fun. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, we wish him the best and, um, oh, yes. and uh, we wish you a, a good run on your upcoming tour. And we'll get to that in a minute. I, I do mm-hmm. want to expand on that a little bit, but um uh, and you've got a new album. It's about a year old now, but um, and I, I want to talk about that. But let's let's start from the beginning. Let's go back to 2013 when Kick and Valentina forms in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh-huh. And I don't know if Atlanta gets uh, the credit it deserves as a rock scene. I know never, uh, it never has. I know you've got, uh, I know Nashville Pussy is out of there. I, mm-hmm. I, I think the Black Crows, are they from Atlanta or are they from Savannah? Uh, well, kind of, it's, you know, Georgia, Savannah, Atlanta, kind of, it all kind of blends in, you know, everybody says Atlanta and we're all from the out, out, outskirts of it. Right. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Not so, really Atlanta proper. 
So right, exactly. I used to hear that that Jackal was from Atlanta, and I was like, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. They're from like well, they, they're, they're. I think I believe they're originally from the Carolinas. Yeah, they um, are from Carolinas, and I know that they they kind of uprooted and replanted in mm-hmm. Georgia, but yes. I don't know if it was Atlanta proper. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another. Uh, I mean, Jesse's not that far away from me. You know. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know the, uh, the I think the brothers are still in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Last okay. time check, right on. But, but you know, we're all from somewhere else. Hell, I'm from New York and New Jersey. I could right. tell. You know, <laughs> I can hear it in the accent. God you know, um, you know, yeah, yeah. Chris is from uh, from uh, North Carolina too, and uh, Jimmy's from uh, Chicago area, and DK is uh, from California. So, yeah. So take me back to 2013 when you're when you're forming the band. Um, what kind of scene is happening? And and what did, was it easy to find kindred spirits, or did you have to look really hard to find the guys that were into Zodiac, Mind Warp, and Warrior Soul? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, well, you know, when I moved down here, I mean, uh, Jimmy and I started the band, and um, when I moved down when I w- moved down here, I was kind of over, you know, playing music. Cause everything had changed uh, for me or, you know, back home with the grunge scene and, you know, we're all playing in bands in the eighties and nineties and things like that. Um, so I was kind of over the music scene. And then, you know, one day we, Jimmy and I started talking and, you know, God, oh, man, I want to play music again. And, you know, but if we do it, we're just going to do what we want. We're not, we're not going to want to try to sound like anybody else or whatever's happening now or whatever. So just write whatever the hell we feel. If people like it, great. If they don't, who gives a shit? That was the, that was my attitude on it. And I was like, but I'm not, I don't want to be a local band because the local bands here really, they're just a lot of cover bands. That's really what this scene is. There's cover bands and there's death metal bands. Um, so we just kind of said, all right, cool. We'll just go with that. And let's just uh, see what happens. And then we started just looking for people. And um, Chris had just left another band that he was in. So he wasn't looking to start it or walk into something, right? And from the beginning. Um, And actually, DK was the original singer that we were looking at. But he was in California. So we couldn't make it happen. So we kind of moved on. And uh, that's when we found our other singer uh, that lived in the area. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize DK was uh, on your radar that early in the, yes. in the beginning of the band. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in hindsight now, he was like, shit, I wish we could have made it work. Cause can you imagine how much further we would have been along? Right. But it, you know, things happen for a reason. I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, and we should mention for those that don't know, uh, Chris was previous. Chris is your bass player. Chris Taylor yes. uh, was mm-hmm. pre- previously in a band called Rockets to Ruin that kind of yeah. had mm-hmm. a little bit of a buzz going for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so so the band comes together. You put out. I, I let me get this right. Uh, an EP and mm-hmm. then um, uh, and then I first. Uh, album it was only i think your first record is only eight songs or six songs or- um so so it was two eps so we had the uh, self-titled ep and then we did a um a super atomic ep okay and then we got signed to a label out of uh denmark 
and they wanted music now. So they, what they did was they combined the first EP and the second EP, remastered it, and put Super Atomic full-length album. Okay. Right? There you and go. that's how that came about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and, and you guys, from my opinion anyway, were starting to make a, a, a buzz pretty quickly. I mean, I think the EP did pretty well for you. Yes. And then Super mm-hmm. Atomic uh, put yeah. you on the map pretty well. Mm-hmm. You were... Mm-hmm pulling down some pretty good gigs opening for national acts and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So it seems to me that uh, momentum got started pretty early for you guys. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Uh, like I said, you know, we were lucky, you know, and our attitude the whole time along was, you know, we, I don't know what we're going to expect out of this. Um, so whatever happens, happens. We're just going to go with it again. As long as it's, the, the music is making us happy and we enjoy playing it. It doesn't matter to us if we're playing it in front of two people or 2000 people, but all of a sudden, People just started coming yeah, and yeah. buying our stuff and like, and promoters knocking on the doors. Hey, can you come here, 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 here? And I would just go, just send me a check. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, but yeah, you, you, you guys did pretty well. I mean, I, I heard of you pretty early on, uh, I think as far as, you know, as far as your recorded output mm-hmm. and, and you weren't in our area, you know, we're in Austin, you're in Atlanta. So um, I don't think you toured here heavily in, in those days. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever you were doing was causing a buzz, at least uh, for anyone paying attention. We, we were aware of you pretty early. Um, so Super Atomic, from Super Atomic, the, the LP, um, not the EP, but Super Atomic, the proper album. Then you jump to Imaginary Creatures. Yes. And I got to say, man, I... Um, as much as as good as I as much as I enjoyed the early stuff, uh, imaginary mm-hmm. creatures was a massive jump for you guys in terms mm-hmm. of, I think in terms of obviously production and right. mm-hmm. um, and 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 the songwriting and the performances those were always you know there, but I felt like imaginary creatures was the one that was going to kick down the door for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know what imaginary. Creatures got a lot of great press, and um, actually, I think it ended up on Billboard on five different charts. Um, um, so, unfortunately, we weren't able to tour it as much as we wanted to um, to get all that hype with it, you know. Um, but yes, it was. I think at that point we started kind of like bearing down and going, "Oh, you know." Um, I think we have to kind of stop that whole. You know, we don't give a shit anymore and like people are paying attention. So let's kind of, you know, now let's really work on this. Right. To put a, you know, more effort. And I think that's what started happening. And I think that's what is happening from now on. Right. Um, So it became more of a let's see what happens. Now it's shit. Now we got to do something better than we did. Right. And now we have to get to work. Now we have to get to work. Exactly. Um, You know, when you I was not biting my tongue, but I, I, I was almost comment, you know, wanting to jump in when you mentioned you made two EPs. Mm-hmm. And I think that in, in, in <clears throat> without like jumping in and go, why didn't you, didn't you just make, you know, make a full length record? I feel like now uh, I have egg on my face because if you, if you would have waited to make, you know, to have the right material for a right. full-length record, mm-hmm. the doors that opened for you early on wouldn't, maybe not have, I mean, they, who knows, right? Because, right, right. Yeah. Uh, quote, you didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, not to argue, but 
I think you gave a shit enough to, hey, I don't give a shit. Let's just put out an EP to, mm-hmm. I give a shit enough about this material. I love this right. material. Let's put it out now. Well, it's only, mm-hmm. it's not a full length record. Fuck it. It's an EP because we don't mm-hmm. give a shit. Right. So you do that two times mm-hmm. and then that built like a stair step of some kind. Mm-hmm. And ultimately the EPs sort of mangled into into right. a record. Mm-hmm. Then you get all these good reviews, and uh, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm just going through the same uh-huh. thing you guys mm-hmm. just talked about. And then COVID hits, and then here you are supposed to get to work, and you can't mm-hmm. get to work. Yes. And it's not it's not your fault. It's not anybody's fault. Everyone wants to be safe and do the right thing, and that's great. Mm-hmm. What, where are you right now with, and this is kind of a loaded question, mm-hmm. where are you right now? You said you're about to start a tour and you yeah. feel like you're you're uh, going to do better over the pond than you are in the States and maybe explain <laughs> why. I mean, I have a, I can understand, yes. why, but explain yeah. it to someone who doesn't really know, well, well, I want to see him, you know, in the South. I want to see mm-hmm. him in Connecticut. I want to see him in, in Idaho. How can I see this band? You know, how would you, you're about to go on tour and then, mm-hmm. and then I'll go ahead and say, are you writing new stuff? Um, yes. Um, you know, we do, we do a lot better in Europe. Um, I think mainly, you know, our labels there, we get a lot of press, we're in a lot of magazines over there. Um, the crowds are different over there. Um, over here is more, you know, the same genre oriented, um, we're over there. We've had, you know, we've toured Europe already with this band quite a few times where we had some opening bands for us that were like flat out death metal bands. And we were like, who the fuck booked us here? They're going to kill us in, in over in the Europe. Pond. Okay. Yes. And, um, they're, you know, moshing and, you know, I mean, wrecking the joint. And then we come on. We're going, you know, we're going to shake our ass and move our hair and do all this stuff. And they're going to kill us. And here they start singing our songs and louder than we are, we have to stop playing. And where that wouldn't happen here. Okay. No. Well, uh, we can't play with a death metal band or vice versa. It's just, you know, people are not. Um, so I think the over there, they still live rock and roll a lot more. That lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're over here. We, you know, we have our pockets. We do very well in the Midwest and the East coast. Um, so we want to get everywhere. Um, we did, I think we did a couple of shows with you guys. We did one in Texas at one time. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Come and take it live. Yeah. Um, I can't believe you guys drove all the way from Georgia to Texas Mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? That's that's dedication. But you know what? you guys We're, left a lot you guys left a lot of people talking when you pulled out of town that after you did that gig mm-hmm. with dangerous toys i know a lot of mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people here uh, hadn't had mm-hmm. the opportunity to see you and of course dangerous toys is a big draw in, in austin texas and you mm-hmm. guys added to the bill just kind of you know was icing on the cake and then you guys came out and it was a, it turned out to be a perfect pairing you know and uh, i i think it, well, by the time you left if people didn't know about you before you got here, they were very well aware of you. I don't know how you did on merch sales or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh, I heard a lot of people talking about you after you left. 
You know, we do great in merch sales, man. I always tell people I'm in the t-shirt business. I don't play music. That's, 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 that's the reality of it. Um, probably, uh, and, yeah. You know, and going back to, that's kind of the reason why we did the EPs and decided to, because, you know, the whole thing with like people buying CDs and things like that, that was kind of going away. People weren't buying that stuff. Everybody was streaming. So we're like, why are we going to waste our money on doing a full length album? Let's just put a CD, uh, you know, an EP, see what happens, right? And then that started going, well, let's do another one and see what happens, right? Then eventually, like you said, it kind of just blossomed. So you're not, you're not pressing this, like when you say, let's say you and me form a new band right now and Dave is our, you know, our mm -hmm. drummer. And we're a three piece, and we're gonna God look at Dave's me. face. God help like, me. Oh, like, oh, shit. I, I, I don't know, man. I'm out. It's we're rhetorical. Doomed. It doesn't. <laughs> okay, we're a doom band. Great. All right. Okay. So you make we make we write these songs, and it's an EP. It's four songs. Okay. So here we go. You're not pressing this on CD. Um. No, we we did. We uh all okay. all our EPs were pressed. Okay. Not, not, not in the amount of quantities. Now, we're, now everything we put out is you know full length, and then not only are we doing CDs, we're doing vinyl, right? Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. Well, so, I, I just, I just was putting you in, uh, on the spot because you know no one's. You say no one's buying CDs now. Time out for a second. From someone who has a garage, which should just be called mm -hmm. a one stop or a freaking warehouse oh, with mm -hmm. a wall of. Uh, titles that did not sell or sell mm -hmm. at a turtle pace. And right. all of a sudden I'm the guy in all my projects and bands that ends up being the, the treasurer and the store and the store. I, no, <laughs> and, I hear you. And, and, and I'd say, I mean, I don't need a forklift mm -hmm. or anything, you know, beep, beep, beep. Right, I got to right. move these da old dangerous toy CDs out of the way to get to my old evil United CDs to get to mm -hmm. my igniter. It's not like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Pretty close. Mm -hmm. So you're pressing low numbers. And when you sell out, you press some more if you need. Right. Exactly. Low mm -hmm. numbers is the way right. to go. Right. Well, now, you know, now we don't, you know, and, and that was with the EPs. Now we don't mm -hmm. even bother with that. The label takes care of all that. Of course. They press, yeah. they press the amount because they have the distribution all over the world and the whole nine yards. And, you know, um, well, so they, they take the, care of that. They have the machine go and they have. Right, yeah, right. You're, yeah. So, so it's a little bit different than when we first started, right? We were right. like doing only, you know, five, 600 copies of the EP. And then if sure. we sold out, we got more, you know, but mainly uh, I said, we just went that route because, you know, we thought, you know, everybody now is listening to music is, is streaming it. So it was like, mm -hmm. are we going to get stuck with this? Does it make sense? So that's kind of how we went that way. And then we started noticing, Hey, you know, our crowd that's coming in are buying CDs. So now let's, you know, not only that, they're asking for vinyl. Let's it's a vinyl. never, it's a never ending. Mm -hmm. I don't like the word argument, but conversation, right. it's mm -hmm. a never ending conversation about what media people want. Yeah. I feel like the younger, the band. rock bands, especially yeah. from, especially from what you guys do, like, yeah. you know, right. broken teeth, kicking Valentina, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's like the audience wants what the mainstream doesn't want. You know, the, the audience wants this, the hard copy CD, the mm -hmm. audience wants the vinyl, uh, whereas the stuff that's on the charts or on the radio or whatever, people are happy streaming it on their phone. 
Yes. I think that I think that's about I think that's has to do with rock fans. They're just mm-hmm. nerds about wanting the physical copy with the liner notes and the album art and that. I mean, that, that was the coolest part for us. Right. I mean, we open up our album. I, you know, let me see what poster kiss put in here. Right. And then, yeah. boom, it went on my wall. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, uh, you know, people that are really into rock and roll, I mean, they still want that physical, physical copy. Hence, yeah. you know, the whole vinyl thing coming back. I mean, we can't, you know, if not only are we doing vinyl now, we got to do special edition vinyls, different colors and stuff like that. Because, I mean, people are asking us, so you know what? You're asking for something and you're willing to get it. We're going to do it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm working on prototypes of kicking Valentina dildos because they're asking for them. <laughs> <laughs> it could work. Stay tuned, yeah. kids. <laughs> what about um, what about streaming sales when you yes. compare those mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. you know, a hard copy? Right. What's um, your opinion on 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 uh, you know? Well, I well, don't want to open a can of worms when I say Spotify. Right. You know, I mean, I'm digital, sure I'm, any digital platform any where digital. people want to go buy one or two of your songs, mm-hmm. it, you know, they're leaving your gig and they 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 pull up. Mm-hmm. Apple or whatever, and they start pressing buttons and they right. buy the two mm-hmm. songs they just heard live. They right. buy them mm-hmm. and they download them on their phone, and that's the way they're going to listen to that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they gave you a couple of bucks. Right. That's fine. That's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But that's a, that's the kind of that's the kind of fan that I'm a little concerned about mm-hmm. if they yes. bought a t-shirt they're off the hook right exactly <laughs> or something right a, a koozie a t-shirt a hat whatever right um well you know one of the things that we noticed was a lot of the people that cut, kind of saw us for the first time and they went you know what i'm gonna go to you know uh itunes and and buy one of your songs or whatever hit that is um we found that you know we've that we've got emails back to saying hey you know what this is what I did. I got one of your songs, but I love you guys. I saw it a couple of times. I'm going to buy the full album. So we, you know, we did notice a little transition, not every single one of them, but that go from that okay. one or two songs to buying the full album. And before you know it, they're just asking you, well, what's the whole catalog, which right. is awesome. Now, well, as far as the streaming, that's a real fan. I mean, that's yes, someone yes. who, you know, you, I, I heard, I heard it decades ago. Someone once said, I think it was a friend of mine from here in town. His name's Johnny Medina. I swear it was Johnny Medina that said to me one day, you know, Jason, you win your fans one at a time. Exactly. And that one person that downloaded one or two songs and, you know, you got, you got a dollar 99 out of their wallet, their mm-hmm. digital, digi, Bitcoin, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and then they come back. Because they're at a party and they put it on uh, yes. random, you know what I mean? And they're Bluetoothing it. God, just, I hate this language that I'm using. I know. <laughs> Bitcoin and Bluetooth yeah. is not Man, my style at all. Yeah. I mean, we're, the party we're, we're, we're analog. We're, yeah. Now you're talking digital, right? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or dinosaur. Dinosaur, yeah. Yeah, yeah. dinosaur. So anyway. Nobody comes uh, to the party with an armful of vinyl anymore. Anyway, so no, somebody's right? got their phone and they're DJing with their fucking phone. I'm going to throw up on my microphone right now. Right, right. Jesus. Or oh, I can't do a gig because I lost my little fucking Right, plug. right. Yeah. So <laughs> I lost my thumb drive with my yeah. phone on it. Yeah. I know. It's gone, right? <laughs> uh, 
So, so they're DJing at a party or something. Hey, and a kicking Valentina song comes on and everyone, who, what is that? Right. Mm -hmm. And so one person gives you two bucks. Maybe that person played those one or two songs from you Mm -hmm. that -hmm. you didn't get shit from. And, and you, and you're, you're, you're happy that they gave you a dollar 99. Right. But the next guy that heard it, that's my style. Where can I buy the vinyl? Next thing you know, they're the person buying all. So that trickle down thing happens. I just think that the the way the world is now, that can be slow when you're sort of this, um, don't take this the wrong way, bro. But like kind of this underground cool, like, here you go. You, you got to go to Europe to get your rocks off. Right. You gotta mm-hmm. go to you gotta go over the pond to get to yeah. get it to, to to make it happen. Your label's exactly. there, your press is there, you're getting mm-hmm. all this, you know, stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You come back home and you know, it would be like it would be like this. Well, I'm going, you know, I'm gonna go do all this, have have a lot of fun and sell some records and and um, you know, make enough money to pay mortgage for a few months. Uh, and then when I come back to America, I'm going to my day job. Yeah. I, yeah. No, that's that's a re- exactly, and that's, that's a exactly. Yeah. That, that's the yeah. reality. And, you yeah. know, I mean, you could talk to a whole bunch of guys that are, you know, been around playing music and they'll all tell you the same thing. Yeah. That's like Some a norm. That's a normal dude. Yeah. In, in yeah. a rock band or in five. a rock band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like, you're absolutely right. And we say that all the time that, you know, rock and roll here has become underground again. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have yeah. your pockets personally, right? I'm fine with that. Yes. I'm actually yeah. Yeah. totally fine with that because mm-hmm. you can't change that because it's so uh, watered down mm-hmm. and digital. I feel like took the ritual away. You mentioned earlier, and we talk about here on Talk Louder all mm-hmm. the time. The ritual being, and Dave knows where I'm going. You're pulling the sleeve out. You're reading that. You know who produced the the yes. record. You know mm-hmm. who wrote the songs, you know who produced it. Like, you know, when song comes on, I go, they're like, ah, oh, I love this Aerosmith song. Yeah, too bad they didn't write it. What? It's Aerosmith. Yeah, yeah. I go, yeah, yeah. Michael Bolton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm nothing I, I against Aerosmith, yeah. but it's because I read the fine print. It's because I, I, yeah. I, the ritual, there's a ritual involved that's dying. Mm-hmm. I, if, I it weren't, if it weren't for the fucking ritual, we wouldn't have a show and you wouldn't be here right now. None of us would be. So, yeah. isn't that fucked? Yeah, <laughs> I, want, I, want, yeah. I want to go I want to go back to Imaginary Creatures because I, I think yes. that album deserves some time that 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 was a really well done record. And uh, you mentioned that and, and and I I've reviewed a number of your I think I've reviewed all your releases on my website, mm-hmm. uh, Too Fast to Die. And I, I can see the progression from one release to the next to the next. And in my opinion, Imaginary Creatures is where you caught lightning in a bottle or whatever the, whatever the phrase is, that's when you guys, you know, capture all your strengths and flex your muscle to the fullest. And it was like, this is a great record. And um, so you had this momentum, at least on vinyl or whatever the recorded Mm -hmm. format would be. And, um, and, and you mentioned that you didn't have the opportunity to tour a a good bit of that is because I'm, hate to go into a, a, a sore subject, but your story is mm-hmm. not complete without it. Your singer at the time left and, mm-hmm. and Joe, 
uh, Edwards. I, and for my money, and I and I said this in my reviews, I thought he was one of the best singers I think I may have ever heard, and mm-hmm. for that style of music. So you've got this great album. You've got you're getting some great press. You had a tour booked, or I think you were going to Germany or something. Yeah. And in fact, it was right after you guys came to Austin and opened for Dangerous Toys. Yes, it was. Was that his last gig? Uh, No, no. I was close to it. Um, Okay. We had a a couple more gigs here in the U.S., and then we were leaving for Europe. We had a tour lined up over there, and uh, that's when all the shit hit the fan. And, you know, it happens. You know, we wish him the best. Um, Okay. So so point being... Point being um, that uh, the loss of momentum was due in no small part to a major disruption in the band. You got no singer all of a sudden. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that obviously puts the brakes on uh, any promotion for this this great record. So when you go looking for a new singer, knowing, I mean, what does that do to the chemistry and the morale of the band? Obviously, it tanks the morale. But what do you do? as far as circling the, you know, rallying the troops and, and finding a singer that's going to uh, fill those shoes. Cause I thought they were pretty big shoes. Yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, you know, we kind of like the, the three of us looked at each other and kind of went, well, you know what? I mean, are, are you done? Are you done or are you done? Right. Um, at this point, you know, we have to, we still have commitments that we have to meet. Um yeah. We have, you know, we have a lot of friends that are singers that, you know, that hit us up and said, hey, you know, if you have to finish these commitments, I'm willing to help. And which is great. Yeah. Um, as far as moving forward with a new album at that point, everything was kind of up in the air. Right. We still had, like I said, some stuff that we had to fill the 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 uh, the European tour that was kind of done because, you know, we were supposed to be on a plane on Tuesday and on Monday, the shit hit the fan. So, um that wasn't going to happen, but we still had stuff in the U S we had to do. Um, but we looked at each other and went, well, if you're done, then, you know, you could go ahead. I go, I'm not done. Yeah. And to me, it doesn't matter, you know, who did, I think kicking Valentina at that point started, you know, and I still believe that it has a, um, an essence of itself. Right. Um, yeah. it's, it became its own little monster. And it's just at that point, you know, it's just, it's going to grow regardless, right? Plug whoever comes in. Right. right? Um, so at that point, we weren't scared or anything like that. So, all right, let's just move forward and start looking for somebody and, and see what happens, right? And, you know, we got a few people that hit us up and we're listening to stuff. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was more about commitment. Yeah. Uh, who can make the commitment, right? Um, and, uh, the I think the driving force of the band, the three of us were still there to make it move forward. So as a singer, all you had to do was, hey, we're going to hand you the reins here. Go ahead, get up on stage and, yeah. you know, move forward. Everything else has been done. The fan base is there for you. Music yeah. is there. The album's there, you know. So this and, leads uh, me, I'm sorry to interrupt. This leads me into something that I feel like we are mm-hmm. almost not talking about. Mm-hmm. So you're in the way, and I'm not, I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not, so, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, I think I love the conversation actually, right. actually mm-hmm. love where, where this is going, but 
can you or how do you feel about just taking, you know, a good singer who can't do it anymore? He's gone. So you're just getting another good singer in here. Was mm -hmm. it the singer before the new guy that helped build all of the this greatness that you guys have, this momentum? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. is he not going to be missed? Like, just like that, you here's the reins, take it off, just get on stage. All the work's right. been done. Time out. Mm -hmm. Somebody I think might be upset. Yeah, I think everybody Somebody might think, rebel. You can't do mm -hmm. that. That was my favorite dude in your band. Uh, mm -hmm. No, Paul Stanley. What? Right. Mm -hmm. No, I get that part. Right. Okay. I get that. I, yeah, I get you that understand, part. You understand. I'm not throwing rocks at you. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. I'm just saying, hold no, on. There's a little slippery thing mm -hmm. about to happen in this convo. So I just want to bring right. that up and go red flag. Right. No, I hear you. But, yeah. you know, just like that, just like that, then you could go into, well, Iron Maiden did it. ACDC did it. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the yeah, day, the yeah. to, to, an ex, to an extent, right? it was right? A, it was a Bruce yeah. is gone. And, let's make a record with this other English guy mm -hmm. who has a different thing going on and just right. mm -hmm. do some clubs and have fun. Judas Priest, same thing. Right. There's, a, yeah. there's a leeway, though. It wasn't mm -hmm. like. I mean, how much time did your fan base have mm -hmm. between Joe and new guy? I'm sorry, don't know his name. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. How much yeah. of a how much of a recovery time was it? Because ACDC, Van Halen, yes. All, yes. all of those bands had this recovery time. Hell, mm -hmm. even even ACDC had recovery time when they got Axel for a second. Mm -hmm. There was yeah. this like, we're canceling everything and we're taking a break and we're going to let social media flip the fuck out for a while. But I, then mm -hmm. once it got in there, the tickets sold like wildfire and it was back on. Mm -hmm. But did you, you're, so a new guy was going to tour old material with a, an old singer with nothing mm. new at all, which nope. is not what that, mm. that's what ACDC did, right. with mm -hmm. Axel, but mm. not but not with, from Highway to Black and Black. Mm. It so, was a you totally know, so, new record with a new singer. So, were, did you make a new record with your new singer and then go, or did you just go and then the new guy was like, "Well, I'm not on the record, but I hope you still like this." Here it goes, mm -hmm. right? Right. So um, at first, whatever, you know, when we had, we did have a, a friend of ours that sings for a band called Asphalt Valentine, he just filled in so we could finish our commitments. Then at that point, he said, all right, now we, let's get serious. Uh, you know, yeah, find a that, new singer. that right there is very commendable and hats mm -hmm. off to whoever's doing that because mm -hmm. they know what they're stepping into. Kind yes. of like the the guy mm -hmm. that replaced uh, Johnny Solinger who replaced Sebastian. He knew right. exactly mm -hmm. what, what he was, shit yes. storm mm -hmm. he was about to have to wade through. Right. So mm -hmm. it, it's probably similar to that too. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, we had other, you know, uh, you know, Russ Dwarf from the killer door said, you know, if you want me to fill in for you guys while, well, you know, I mean, so okay. that, and, so and, and name, Ted, Ted Poley was another one. Name said, guys hey, you know? coming in. Name guys yeah, coming say, in. Say, hey, you know what? Yeah. You know, you guys have great momentum going. I hate to see you guys do that. I mean, just yeah. incredible people, right? Um, that is awesome. So, so um, no yeah, wonder, so you know point, what? You know what? No wonder you're not done. You have the support of your peers. Well, yeah, at the end of the got, day, you've got I, firecrackers in your pocket, bro. Mm -hmm. I, I yeah. think at the end of the day, the, the decision wasn't up to the band. There was one guy right. in the band that wanted to, that was ready to walk away. There was three guys that weren't. And the three guys that weren't were going to say, hey, 
we're going to find a singer and we're going to keep going. And if the fans take a year to uh, accept this or, 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 or reject it, whatever the case may be, we're not stopping. So we got no choice but to fill this void and whatever it takes for the for the audience to come along and follow or not, that remains to be mm -hmm. seen. So but we're moving forward. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. That was exactly it. Exactly. And, it. and it's not the first time Jason here has fanned the flames of some kind of conversation. But I'm telling right. you right now, mm -hmm. I love I love Dave's save here about how he's like, OK, you got this army of dudes who's mm -hmm. ready to go. We just need another soldier who right. also mm -hmm. and I quote, it's, it's your words. We don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was yeah, part exactly. of that. That was part of you need a T-shirt that says that. Yes, exactly. So, you know, um, and, and, and that's how it happened, you know, and then, you know, when we, when DK came in, um, you know, again, going back to, he was the original singer that we reached out to and we couldn't make it happen. When we called him, he was like, are you kidding me? He goes, I should have said yes a long time ago. I've been following you guys. I know all your songs. I said, well, when, when can you get here? That motherfucker came down and we had a rehearsal. And he just went right through all our songs, like like he was there from the beginning. Wow! And that same day, we started writing new material. Wow! And you know, same day. You know what's interesting about DK is uh, he kind of stepped in and 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 kept you guys running, but he did the same uh, for Jet Boy. Because mm -hmm. I remember, uh, you know, we've had Billy Rowe on the show and I've known Billy for a number of years and he was all excited about a European tour. Is this sounding familiar? And then uh, their singer, uh, Mickey Finn, bowed out with, right. with without enough notice for the band to properly recover. And they got DK to go do the European dates. Mm -hmm. um, so this is the second time. This is how I know about DK. He's this right. guy that keeps showing up and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, stepping in when a band was supposed to go to Europe and he kind of saves the day or whatever, or at least right. keeps him going. He's the, he's the wolf. He's the fixer. Right. He's the pitch hitter. He's, right? he's right. the fucking fixer. <laughs> I don't want to say I don't want to say Band-Aid. I want to say fixer. He's yeah. right. like the guy. He shows up with a clipboard and go, yeah, I think I've got this. And he throws the clipboard and then he's, mm -hmm. you know, he's in. Mm -hmm. So I was so going to ask you what I was going to ask you. What was it about DK that made him the obvious choice? But you kind of answered my question because you knew about him a long time ago. Yes. It was just a yes. matter of the timing was now. The timing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. So, uh, you know, him living in California just didn't work. Now, but now, you know, fast forward, kicking Valentina's making some money. And now we could afford to fly the singer from California to Atlanta. Right. right. Um, so it's it's a little bit different. We came out a little bit different. Um, I remember the first question was, it, all right, man. I said, can you handle this? You know, the songs. I know the songs. I go. Then I go. Well, all right. Let me talk to your wife. That was it. I asked her, I said, all right, listen. This is what's going to happen. We go to Europe. We could do this. We do that. We do this. Are you going to be okay with this? Or are we going to have issues with wives? She goes, take him the fuck out of here. He's ready. He's packing already. All right. <laughs> we booked his plane ticket. He showed up and it's, you know, new kicking Valentina history from here. Uh, we end up in Europe um, with him. And um, we, uh, we already started writing songs, new songs. And, uh, I remember the one show that we were doing in Denmark, um, the place uh, that we were doing it 
something to do with the liquor license. They couldn't do it. So we were sitting there and our, uh, our record label owner owns a bar over there. So he's like, just come and hang on the bar. And then before you know, we're drinking all his booze that he finally said, you know, I need to make you guys make some money because you're costing me money. So he says, you guys want to go into the studio and record? And we were like, yeah, let's go. So in 14 hours, we recorded Chaos in Copenhagen mm-hmm. right there. And we finished writing some of the songs right in the studio, right there at Medley Studios over there in, uh, in Copenhagen. Wow. And that was our first introduction to say, hey, you know what? We got a new singer. Listen to this shit and wait to see what's coming next. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which brings us uh, to your new album, um, The Revenge of Rock. Mm-hmm. And so now this is the first time uh, excluding the EP Chaos in Copenhagen. Uh, but this is the right. first full length mm-hmm. album with DK. Right. It's your first full length mm-hmm. as a band with with the new singer. Um, how did the chemistry change in w- with regard to the writing process from imaginary creatures to the revenge of rock? Um, well, you know, the, the way we write now, um, obviously when we were all here, it was, you know, with our previous singer, it was, uh, you know, we were all here in the same state, right? So yeah. when we got together, we just wrote now it's, you know, um, you know, we have ideas, we send it to him. He, he gives us back his input. We send it back. So we go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Right. So we're at, we, we do that. And, um, sometimes when we, you know, when we go on tour here, you know, we bring him in a week earlier to do some rehearsals. Otherwise we don't get to rehearse with him. And, you know, we'll go over some of those songs that we're working on real quick and see how they're going and just go from there. Um, so in that aspect, it's changed, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, we all write together. So it's, it's nice. I mean, it's just, it's working. Yeah. It's worked for the last album. So it's going to keep working that way. You know, you, you describe the new album um, as the most diverse record you guys have done. So how, yes. so how, how is it was um, explain? I think, I, I think it's got a, a little bit of everything. It's got some, some harder stuff, kind of like imaginary creatures uh, had in the in the previous stuff. It has more commercial stuff. Um, that if hey, if if our rock and roll music was still being played on the radio, some of the songs would be played on the radio. Um, where before it was more, you know, again, uh, it, it it was harder. Uh, maybe imaginary creatures was a little bit darker. Um, this one has some dark tonalities to it and some you know more commercial poppier sounds so it's a little bit across the board yeah i i think uh one of the singles is called somebody new somebody new yes and uh mm-hmm. you, you guys did a video for it and yes when, when i listened to that uh you just you just said it uh three seconds ago if if there was such a thing as a hard rock radio format that was playing new bands that thing would be all over the radio because it definitely yeah. has that sort of Mm-hmm. Uh, commercial sheen to it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's still a hard rock band. It kind of reminds me, you know, as as Kick and Valentina always has is one of those bands that, you know, if you listen to hard rock radio in the late '80s and you heard Skid Row or Dangerous Toys or Bon Jovi or Rat or something, it would mm-hmm. or L.A. Guns, it would fit right in with that type of music, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it yeah. definitely has that sort of appeal. 
I just wanted to hear it from you because you're quoted as saying it's the most diverse record uh, you've mm-hmm. done so far. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. how much of that had to do with bringing in a new singer or how much of it was just where the band decided as a unit to go. You with- know, and it, it, that's, that's a good question. I don't know how much of it had to do with a, with a new singer as opposed to, I guess, where uh, kind of where we were, you know, um, I, I think that when we're writing songs, at least in this band, is we don't sit down and, and say, okay, I'm going to write a song or come up with a riff that kind of is like this or like that, you know, or, you know, whatever the new Godsmack song is or whatever the, you know, um, we just kind of get in a room and start jamming and, you know, and we just throw against the wall and see if it sticks, you know, if it sucks, it sucks. If it doesn't, you know, we go f- forward with it and see where it goes um you're, you're getting in a room as like drums guitar bass guitars, yes mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. and uh and that's the way it is i come up with a roof uh, with with a riff and i'm like ah and then you know jimmy goes oh dude that's awesome and i'm like really okay well we'll go with that and then it turns into something or or it doesn't Right. right. And then we send it to DK and DK goes, Oh, I like that, but let's change this. And how about this? And he goes back and go, Oh, cool. That Okay. That's kind of going in a different direction, but how about if we add this and, and it just goes back and forth and then eventually, so hopefully it makes it on the album. So hmm. many times um, it's very often. And, and obviously you'll, you'll agree with this. And I think Dave is not just a fly on the wall here. Dave is, helped me write lyrics. Dave's chimed in with other friends of ours and helped write, you know, maybe not melodies, but phrasing and cadences via his lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to, to have this forum here, so many times going into a studio or a, a garage, a jam room, a rehearsal place, whatever, um, Hey, you know, meet me at the room after dinner. You know what I mean? Well, let's just jam and we got something to work mm-hmm. on. No. Do you got something to work? No. Do you got something? Well, let's do it anyway. You're mm-hmm. literally throwing anything against the wall, trying to make it. Yes. Mm-hmm. How, it's very, in my personal experience, mm-hmm. it's more common than not mm-hmm. to, I wouldn't say, have wasted the evening to wasted time, mm-hmm. but a bunch of just jamming has uh, not put fruit on the tree. So many times, mm-hmm. hundreds of hours of, of my life have been, I'm trying to not say wasted, have drifted right. away with just the band mm-hmm. riffs and bass and drums and uh, for, you know, mm-hmm. hours just mm-hmm. of nothing, nothing that have produced absolutely nothing. Um, do you find that? I mean, I'm okay with that because you yeah, got to write, you, know, you got to write a thousand. Yes. I don't know absolutely. what the fuck that was. Cause that didn't yeah, influence, right? that didn't influence DK. It didn't influence Jason. It didn't influence Dave. It didn't, mm-hmm. whatever that was. It's not a waste. Right. You have to do the work. You have to figure out what it yeah, is you're doing. It is. My question mm-hmm. is, sorry, sorry, that was long winded, but I'm setting something up. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it might be better if at least one of you guys shows up and goes i have something to work on and then Mm -hmm. everybody puts all their energy into this one thing that you're working on which is and i found this very very common as well it works but there's not one way to write a fucking song there's a hundred different ways to do it absolutely but the point is if one person 
better if two or three, but if one mm -hmm. person has something that, Hey guys, I want, I want to try, I got this thing going. I want you guys to come down to the jam room or whatever and, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. put, help me with this thing because it's, it's eating me up. I, I think it's pretty good and I want to work on it. Right. And, and you, you come up with something that actually ends up influencing the singer to come up with a melody, a hook, and even mm -hmm. God, even better, a lyric to, to go with right. it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like that happens for you more, or do you um, put a lot of time into jamming with no nothing it, on the tree? It's, it, I think it's a combination. I mean, you know, when I walk into the into the room, I have something in my head. Okay. Um, or you know, or like Jimmy will go, you know, I've been humming this thing in my head. I go, well, you give it to me, yeah. and then it just turns into something. Uh -huh. Um. So have we gone into a room just to go into the room and just come out and wrote? And wrote a, some of the songs that are on the albums. Absolutely. Yeah. And some of them write them fucking selves. You yeah. don't even have to. Um, what we find is sometimes that when you're pushing something, it just becomes stagnant and dead and just doesn't work out. That's yeah. what I'm talking um, about. And, yeah. and, and for some people that happens a lot. Yeah. So now just as, and I'm not making this be about me. I'm just, it's, mm -hmm. it's gray area. Mm -hmm. I feel like a, a rock band. If, if some if there's something cooking, that's mm -hmm. when you go in the cook in the kitchen. If you don't really have anything, it just mm -hmm. seems because a lot of a lot of bands, some members have to travel quite a ways to just be right. in a room and mm -hmm. to produce nothing or with yeah. no uh, surefire result. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you have to be prepared for that. Just as this is not off topic. I've read interviews, heard interviews. Zach Wild. I don't know what Black Lip black label record that he made where he's he swears that he booked a studio and didn't mm -hmm. have one riff not one idea it's like they came off the tour you know made a record did a tour mm -hmm. came off the tour into an empty loaded into a studio without a riff without a lyric without anything mm -hmm. and stayed in there and wrote a record and it must be nice to have that money i was gonna well, say that, that's that. that's the first that's the first thing it must be nice to have that money is right Right, um, because that's not that's almost not smart. I, well, I don't, I don't I mean, want to put. I don't want to. Those are the, those are the old days, right? Where you just kind of go into the studio, just drink and do a lot of blow. Eventually, something will come out. Well, right, yeah, right, when, right, you right, have, right. when you could just hang around in the studio yeah. all day. Mm -hmm. I, I was going to say, and I don't want to put words in Heber's mouth, but uh, you know, there's a lot of talk here about going into the studio and coming out, or going into the jam room and coming out with nothing. And I would argue that even if that nothing isn't something today, it might be something three months from now. So it's never wasted time. It's never wasted time. Um, you know, there, there may be a lot. Of, you I know, don't know. You know, I, I mean, I mean, how many times how many times have you guys revisited a riff that was six months old and went, you know what? All it needed was that melody. You just we just put it together, you know. And so that, ha that happens quite a bit. Right. That's, I mean, we try to we try to record whatever little thing. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a combination of everything. Like 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 Jason said, there is no one way or one formula. People ask us all the time, what is your formula? And there isn't a formula for, no, for, sure. for a song. Yeah. For a song. Yeah. Somebody could fart a melody and somebody will hear and go, oh, you know, that's what if we formula. do this to this? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and and that's the reality. But at the end of the day, you know, when we get together in this, in the rehearsal room, um, a lot of times we do it just because we like hanging out with each other. Sure. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And um, 
you know, we are lucky that, you know, the three of us do live close to each other. So it's no big deal. You know, we have our set days that we kind of, and, and sometimes we sit there and bullshit and talk and, you know, hell, we may not play anything, but we're just bullshitting and talking and just talking business and what are the approaches to this, that, whatever it is. Until um, one of you moves to England. Well, until one of us moves to England, right? And he, even and that's, then, well, and then, and then his rehearsals are on his dime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but even the hanging around in the jam room, just bullshitting is yes. useful in its own way because it builds that camaraderie. It keeps the gang together. It keeps that yes, mentality. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, we're 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 the way we look at each other is like we enjoy you know, playing music with each other. We have a good chemistry and we wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. Um and, th- and that's it. You know, we're bullshitting, we're talking. I'm, you know, I'm noodling on the guitar and all of a sudden he goes, "Oh, that was pretty cool. What did you do?" And I go, "Oh, I don't know. What the hell was it? I have no idea. I was just bullshitting and talking and, you know, and Yeah something turns from there or somebody hums something or something, you know? So uh, there, there's both ways, you know, like Jason saying, yeah, it could be a waste of time going in there. And sometimes it is, but the goal is the goal is to have your antenna turned on. Right. And and do whatever it takes to have your antenna turned on. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's a safer bet. If at least somebody has something to say when Mm -hmm. they walk in and it it at least gets things going, Mm -hmm. it may change and morph into something else because of the other influences for sure. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. I was just making the point that going in willy nilly is, can be rough. Yeah. Well, they all and live I, in close proximity. So, you know, it's like Heber saying, you know, if it turns out to just be a boy's night out, then so be it. I mean, it's not really on anyone's dime and, you know, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and may, maybe something comes of it, maybe something doesn't. If you're on a budget and you're on, you know, the clock is ticking and the money's pouring out, then yeah. That's a different story, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. like, that's, that, that's kind of like going in the studio. When we go exactly. in the studio, go, we, well, before we go in the studio, you better know your fucking parts because we're exactly. not sitting there for you to learn them, right? Exactly. Because you got you're paying for that, you know? Right. The, re- the rehearsal, are in my house so right you know while well, we could cut and break for lunch and you know do whatever the hell we want you know yeah um so in that aspect but also you know just like everybody every person has one you know somebody's always got something in their heads right everybody's got an opinion just like they have an asshole and, yeah. you know so somebody's always gonna in the room hey you know this was kind of going in my head does it go somewhere sometimes no Sometimes does it? Yes. You know, sometimes it's completely off topic and you start playing it and you get it wrong, but it sounds cooler and you just go that way. Right. Yeah. It just morphed into something different. Right. Um, It can be, it can be one note. It can be one chord that changes the whole feel of something. That's something. And just makes you go, Oh my God. And then you just, and it just goes and it right again, then it goes and it writes itself. Yeah, that's kind of uh, going sometimes, back to what I was saying earlier. It's like you, you you have these pieces that are laying around as scraps, and then six months later, somebody comes up with the one note that that yeah. that ties that it all together. It together. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. I have uh, I have uh, over the the first like lockdown. You know, right after the shit hit the fan, mm-hmm. like you know, mm-hmm. March of that year, you know, twenty nineteen. It was it was probably March. I I I was working from home and you know there's you always have shit to do there's always something yard work paint the house but there's always shit to do i had there's a honey do this yep i i had this box of of uh you know boom box recordings rehearsal 
tapes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And four track recordings and eight track recordings. And I don't even have the player anymore. Some of them I was going, oh, you know, oh and it's all like, that's a four track tape. I don't have the player anymore. Garbage. Right. Mm-hmm. Eight track recording. You know, oh, I, the garbage. I don't have the player anymore. Okay. So the tapes that were recorded on a boom box that's literally, I'm banging. <laughs> This is some eighties, mm-hmm. you know, what is it? It's like a, it's an a, old boom a Panasonic. It's a Panasonic. <laughs> uh, it's the actual <laughs> boom box. That a lot of this shit was recorded on. So anyway, <clears throat> I just start listening and digitizing these songs. And much like Dave keeps saying, Oh man, you know, stuff that's weeks old or you hold on to that. It's never lost. I'm here to, to argue that, that some, some of the things that never got used should have never been fucking recorded. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just, just going to make that argument with you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't but think there's, anybody a, argues there's that. a few, there's a few, there was a, it was fun. It one, it was fun to, to relive shit. And dude, this is shit from the nineties. Mm-hmm. This is shit from the nineties. Uh, some 2000s too, because some of it was broken teeth, but most of it was toy stuff. And I'm listening to this stuff, and it's like, wow, you know, to hear the origin of Scared, the mm-hmm. first version of Sport and Woody, like ever, right. that's never ever been heard by any other soul, mm-hmm. is a trip. Yeah. And there's a reason why those songs sort of made the cut, but the shit that's in between, you're like, ugh, God. Damn, I could see mm-hmm. how we thought that was cool at the time, but that's not going to work as we keep going with what we've got, right? Right, right. Because you mm-hmm. want to build, you, you you have to, you got this first record, mm-hmm. like your EPs. Well, now right. you got to write shit that is as good as that, even though the style may be, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't have one way or one sound or one tone right. or what, you mm-hmm. know, you still have to grow with your sound a little bit. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I knew you would understand that. So to go through all that old stuff was so much fun and brutally Brutal. painful. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's called the creative process. I mean, you know, yes, yes. You, you don't grow if you don't stumble along the way. Yeah, but you know what, Jason? Too, I mean, uh, some of that stuff like that you say, and I have suit- suitcases of full of cassette tapes, right? I don't anymore. Uh, I threw all that shit out yeah, after a digital. Yeah, well, my, yeah my, my my wife wants to throw it all out and stuff like that. But smart you know, woman, we, we were we were looking for our wedding song because I wrote the wedding oh. song for yeah. So and we I couldn't know. find it, but I found a whole bunch of gems, right? Sure. Uh, sometimes it's not so much the song or whatever you were going after as the vibe, right? So I listen to some stuff and go, oh, my God, that's terrible. I suck. I can't play. What the fuck was that? (laughs) But the vibe of what I was trying to do is what captures it and just takes me somewhere else. Sure. That I've gotten out of like some stuff that I wrote in the 90s or, you know, um, so. Well, sometimes your your naivete Mm -hmm. revisited because it I'm I'm just happy that 
with mm-hmm. it, we record, you know, hey man, let's mm-hmm. record, you know, let's get in the jam room and record mm-hmm. some shit on this crappy jam box and right. see mm-hmm. if we can make this turn it, you know, turn it into something and blah, blah, blah. And you're naive. Sometimes your naivete can be, um, uh, you know, I, I used it earlier, fruitful in another way because right. of the mm-hmm. attitude or man, we should get. Mm-hmm. We should get something like that going. Not that, because that but sucks. Netflix, but, yeah. but something to that effect. It's, yeah. it's like a trail of breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That are now fossilized because it's fucking 30 <laughs> years old or some shit. They got mold on them, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Blow them off. <laughs> I, want to, I want to switch gears because Kick and Valentina has done, uh, you guys have opened for a lot of names that, uh, for a lot of bands that I'm a fan of and a lot of right. our audience will recognize, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Master Pussycat, LA Guns, Queensryche. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. It goes on, right? Um mm-hmm. Were any of those dates uh, particularly memorable for uh, for you as as fans, or or for reasons good or bad? Otherwise, <laughs> man, do we got stories? I don't know how long this program is. There but, you we know, go. I, now we're I, but, on I can, but, but I can tell you that you know my fuck you list is pretty big. I'm 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 sure ja- I'm sure Jason's got a big fuck you list too. I do um, not. Surprisingly, no? I do no? not. I uh, feel like um, it's about yours, Heber. Heber, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I knew I was going to do it. I knew I was going to do it sooner or later, right? I knew. Uh, no, I mean, do, do we play with a lot of a lot of bands that we grew up listening to and just awesome, you know? And they're great, and they accepted us, and you know, we we talked to them on a regular basis and stuff like that. And then you do have your your guys that are infamous for being dicks, and you know, and it's true what they said. They're fucking just dicks you know i've gotten where me and one of them were going to get into a fist fight and um and then you know ex-member of the band said oh man he goes you should have kicked his ass and you know what then kicking valentina would have been on tour with us (laughs) 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 but you know i I, i'm not gonna go into names but it's just it's it is what it is man do this then go into names but on a positive note like who who did you get to play with that you were fans of and it was just a great experience and uh you know it it was it was sort of a quote-unquote cliche dream come true sort of moment well you know um i mean ynt uh you know always been a big fan of ynt and you know he's to me he's just a very underrated guitar player and He's just amazing, um, amazing people uh, all around, just in general, you know, not just on stage, but off stage. They're great. Um, you know, obviously, I mean, my, my big, you know, all moments are, you know, always, you know, your kisses and your ACDCs and stuff like that. Never got to play with them sure. or open up for them. But everybody else is just, I've been fans of, but it wasn't a, a moment where like, oh my God, it's a dream come true that I'm playing, you know. Yeah, I, 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 with, I probably with this band. I overstated that because I know you haven't mm-hmm. really done a tour with Aerosmith or anything like that, but I'm, right. I was just looking for the one, yeah. you know, the positive experience with uh, I mean, some we, names. You know, the guys, you know, Ted, Ted Poley is an awesome dude. Um, you know, you know, Jason's awesome. You know, we played with them. Uh, uh, all those guys were awesome. You know, guys from LA guns and faster pussycat, the killer dwarves. I mean, you know, and then you develop relationships with them. Um, yeah, those are mm-hmm. all you just kind of. Mm-hmm. I yeah, still doing gigs thirty years mm-hmm. later with later. LA Guns and Faster Pussycat. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and I've been in the room. I I 
I've never fanboyed out on Y&T, but mm-hmm. I love Y&T. I used to cover mm-hmm. their songs in the early 80s. Yeah. And, Great band. And I, uh, but, but the people that you're talking about, uh, even R- Ron Keel, uh, a lot Ron of these Keel people is... had, we the toys had the same manager. So mm-hmm. this was this circle of people that we were talking about, this, this relative circle of people and all the bands that you just mentioned, I've either toured with or have done these cruises with and rubbed yes, elbows with, yes. and they're very, yeah. very pleasant. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a great time with, with a lot of them. I mean, like you said, we've done the cruises and all that stuff, and you know, and then a lot of bands in Europe. But, you know, Wayne T, and more than anything, was just because, to me, they're just more of a living legend, you know? Um, oh, yeah. I think pretty – it's like he said the, – the cool part was we were in Italy – and um, Dave and Jill came down to actually see us play at a festival that we did in wow. Italy. And then, you know, and, and the promoter was my birthday. And then they showed up to my birthday. And then we stayed up all night in Lake Como, sitting on the steps, drinking wine. I mean, perfect. You know, with to me, with a legend, right? Yeah. Um, so that just in general, here he is, him and his wife watching us play. Um, and then just hanging out with us there the rest of the night, all yeah. night, you yeah, know, and yeah. just stories, stories, you know. And I remember his words. He goes, trust me. He goes, you guys are going to be big. He goes, every band that's opened up for us is huge, bigger than us. <laughs> that's Look true. Look at Halen. And he get going. Molly Crew. Yeah, you know. That's true. <laughs> so, so it's just a matter of time, man. It's just yeah, a That's what we said. Just a matter of time. Just keep pouring in wine, though, Dave. Well, hurry yeah. up so I can tell people I know you. Hurry. Yeah, right? It's exactly. a hold up, dude. Yeah. The, I know, right? In the uh, words of Dave Minichetti. Yeah. Yeah. Ever, I wanted to ask you. I I've heard this through the rumor mill, and and you can uh, confirm or deny it. But I I heard uh, again through the rumor mill that there was a time when you did some work with Michael Monroe. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. me about that because I'm a huge Michael Monroe fan, and I I was just curious to know in what capacity or or how what was that. Well, he was, uh, he was, uh, he was re- rehearsing at SIR studios and I, uh, came a gun for hire, uh, and, uh, he was, uh, you know, putting a band together to go on tour in Europe, uh, actually in Japan, that's where it was going to go. And, uh, pretty much, uh, the band that was hired, we learned all the songs and, uh, he never showed up. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So for some reason or another, then all that whole thing got canceled. So, but we were there. We were getting paid just to rehearse and and learn all his music for what, about three months. What what year is this? Like, what what album would he have been touring? Wow, it was uh, that was the was that Man Without a Face? Was that the album? Was that the name? Wow, uh, going back. Not um, faking it. Not not faking it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow, that's that's going back. That's going too. back. Yeah. Going yeah. Back. Wow. So mm-hmm. it is. It's true. Wow. But nothing materialized, but you got paid. Yeah, that's it. We, we got paid to sit around. Wait, who is, was Tommy Price drumming in that band? Uh, no, these were, all, these were all unknown guys like me at the time. Okay. So I don't know where, you know, the reason why is because, you know, obviously probably because he could pay us less. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I think Tommy. And, which not- is, and we were all fine, you know, we were young and ready and eager and shit. We'd do anything for, you know, a box yeah. of Oreos and a, <laughs> right. and a shot of jack at that yeah, point exactly right 
I think I want to say Tommy might be on that album. That's the reason I yes. asked. But uh, yeah, none, none of the guys that played were in this. In right, this right. He's 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 he had pulling, a lot of guest people play, play on that. Pulling together a, a young mm-hmm. band to take on tour, not necessarily mm-hmm. the same band that recorded the record. Yeah. Hell, I don't even know if you knew our names. You know, this was something the label put together. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so. I want to go back to your childhood and tell me mm-hmm. real quick um, before we before we wrap up today. I wanted to know uh, when you're a kid growing up, uh, when did you start playing guitar? Who were your earliest guitar heroes? And then uh, what was the moment that you got bit by the rock and roll bug and said, this is what I want to do for a living? Um, the moment, uh, man, I was young. I was at a kids concert and I saw about three girls throwing their panties at Paul Stanley. And I said, shit, that's what I want to do. <laughs> Not throw my panties at Paul Stanley, but you know, you know what I mean? Uh, oh man. That, you, don't that was, throw, you don't want to throw your panties at Paul Stanley. Okay. No, 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 It was no. the other, mm-hmm. the other thing is the other thing, right? Yeah. It was like, I want that job. I want that job. Exactly. <laughs> Cleaning up girls panties off of <laughs> Paul Stanley's feet. <laughs> Right. Exactly. <laughs> so to me, uh, Kiss was always a big influence. Um, just a spectacle that was Kiss. You know, yes. everything, everything they did was like top notch. It was like, all right, well, top this. You do this. We're going to do that. Um, uh, so to me, that was the, that was the whole thing. Um, you know, Ace Frehley was definitely a big influence on me. Um, but then it started get, I started getting more into like classical music and fusion and stuff like that because of my guitar teachers at the time and things like that. You know, I got big into L.D. Miola and John McLaughlin and John Macy. Um, But then, you know, then you had you guys like Inve, right? That were like, oh my God, what is all this about, right? And you sat in your room and you learn how to sweep and do all that stuff. And you spend, you know, all kinds of money on racks and you fuck with him to make him sound like a Marshall and a Les Paul. Yeah. I go, shit, that's what I have, a Marshall and a Les Paul. Why do I have this refrigerator full of racks? Why not just plug in straight? <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm a big Hendrix fan. Um, obviously, Dave, Minketti. Um, So, a lot of these guys were, you know, I was, I loved Eddie Van Halen, but I was, it wasn't, where I was influenced by Eddie, right? Yeah. I was more of a bluesier guy in that aspect, you know, a little bit raunchier. Um, so it was, it was guys like that, that, you know, kind of lower their Les Paul and. Yeah. Yeah. Do you come from a musical family? Um, you know, my aunt was a concert pianist and so was, uh, my great grandfather. So that's where it came from, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, we touched on uh, your latest album, The Revenge of Rock. It's now a year mm-hmm. old. Uh, you're into the writing process for the next album, I guess. So mm-hmm. give us a mm-hmm. quick uh, give us a quick summary of where you are on the new album and when we might expect it. And are there any changes in direction or any surprises? Um, well, there's always a whole bunch of surprises, right? Um, there's uh, we we have been writing quite a bit. Um so we're we're hoping that we could probably write about 30, 35 songs and then just pick, right? Yeah. Um, 
and just start going that route, you know, do something a little bit different. In the past, I think we've always been like, oh, you know, pretty much everything we write, we have that. Okay, is this going to go to, does this sound like it might make it on the album? If it doesn't, any of it, it's not coming, right? Yeah. Uh, that and I think at this point, we, we had a little bit more time, so now we're kind of just, you know, writing songs, finishing, and just going, okay, then we'll listen back, and then if we have to revisit and fix it, then we will. But um, So we're hoping we're doing more of that. Um, there's going to be some surprises, but as far as when, I'm thinking maybe another year, because we really want to tour this album. We haven't toured it in Europe. Yeah, yeah. We've done quite a few shows here in the U.S., but we haven't toured it in Europe. And it just, you know, and the last two full-length albums, we haven't been really been able to. So we're kind of have it, you know, we have our dicks hard about it. Like, we need to tour this a little bit. Yeah. Let's give yeah. it some miles, right? Even though it's been out for a little while. Right. You know? Right, right. I, I I can totally appreciate that. You and every other band on the planet lost a lot of time as far as promoting whatever uh, mm-hmm. and just getting your rocks off on stage. And you've now you've got two albums that never really got to be exposed into a right. to, in a live arena. So uh, I can I can appreciate uh, you guys prioritizing your time in terms of touring, maybe and, and delaying the record a little. Not that it's being delayed, but I, I get what you're what you're saying you guys are ready to get out there and 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 uh you know give people those last two albums the way they intended to be delivered you know right right no no i agree and you know and we had a conversation with our label too and i was like listen you know to put a new album out we don't know where this is going right this fucking rony rona shit that's going around it's like are we going to be able to tour that one so if we just spend all this time to record this new album are we going to be in the same boat yeah. So until it just we know that it's going to kind of open up and it's just we start seeing more, and which we have more and more bands going out. Yeah. To me, to me personally, it just seemed like a waste of time. Yeah. Right. You, you don't want to have um, album number three sitting on the shelf. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I would rather, you know, wait a little bit and know for a fact that the next one we're going to be able to tour properly then just put something out just to put something out, you know? Yeah. 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 Cause at the end of the day, we're a live band. We're not a, you know, an album band. We're a live band, not a couch band. We're a live band. We yeah. need to be in front of people. We need to sweat on people. We need people to spit on us, to throw picks at us, whatever, whatever, you know, it's just, we're a live band and that's what we like to do. And that's what we want to do. Yeah. Well, that, that's the essence of rock and roll, isn't it? I mean, we're, yeah. All, all three of us in this room can totally appreciate the, uh, the, the, the energy that gets exchanged between audience and in the stage. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, man, I wanted to thank you for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. Thanks uh, for having we've me, been, uh, I, I've been a fan since you came on my radar and I, I really appreciate do it. like the, the progress I've seen, you know, and, uh, I'm glad things are going well with uh, with DK, and uh, I know you've got this big European tour coming up. I wish you the best of luck on that and safe travel, of course, and uh, and continued luck with the writing of the new album and success in general with the band. Appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. You guys having me on. Yeah, and, and give, give our best to your bandmates, and uh, and hopefully we'll see you in Texas in not too much longer. Uh, you guys were great the last time you were here, so we look forward yeah. to that. Yeah, well, we'll do some shows together. We'll uh, 
we get back, we're we're gonna start booking over here. So we'll see. Um, um, Jason, are you are you guys doing uh something in? Uh, is it? Are you doing in Philly the Bradley thing? Are you doing that? Not the toys. Dirty looks. Dirty I'm looks. Front, yes. I'm fronting dirty looks now. So yes. uh, we're on that thing, and then we're playing uh, the next night in Sealands Grove. So <clears throat> it's a Pennsylvania mm-hmm. road trip. But yes, exactly. Yeah, we'll yep. be there. Um, yeah, I love some dirty looks. Did you know that Henrik produced one of my EPs back in the day? Holy shit! Really? Wow. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've always, always been a dirty looks fan. Nice. Yeah. Right. So we yeah. got we, we we got some history. I think actually, actually I still have it somewhere. <laughs> wow, and that's cool. How do you, my- how did you how did you hook up hook up with Henrik? It was through 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 a mutual friend in Pennsylvania that uh, own a studio. So he was always like, hey, can you come down and, and record something? I want I want to record your band. And we're like, oh man, come on. I'm in Jersey, you're in Pennsylvania, you know, I'm, I want to travel over there when I got 80,000 different studios right here. And then he goes, well, you know, I can get Henrik to produce a couple of songs. I was like, all right, cool. When do you want me there? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. You uh, kind of jump at the chance to work with Henrik, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so and I, and uh, you can, so you can imagine me mm-hmm. pinching myself singing mm-hmm. Henrik's songs. Oh, you can uh, do it, man. You with, can do with it. these guys. And well, the, done it. the show we did, did the show we did last year was incredible. We did Sealand's yeah. Grove last year and mm-hmm. it's all on video and, and uh, we hit a hard drive with the live track. So there's going to be mm-hmm. a DVD and a live record coming out. Now, what can't you, what can't you do both and do double duty, man? Um, because Paul and I are both in dangerous toys and that's conflict yes. of interest. It's not, mm-hmm. I don't think it's smart for fans. It's like, all right, dirty looks. That was cool. Turn around and then turn back up. And me and Paul are still up there. It's kind of—I don't know. I don't <laughs> like that. that is, I, I, see, I, I would be okay with that, right? I would be okay because I'm a fan of both. So. Me and Paul are not not okay with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and 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 him and Paul need a nap, right? And, well, I was trying well, to leave I mean, that part well, you know out. What? You, can, you know, you know what? You can give I'll us an hour. Myself. Paul's not here. I I would <laughs> right? need a nap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so right. you know okay. what? You give us an hour, we'll play in between you guys. We'll give you an hour to take a nap. Well, and you then, know, uh, why don't I sing? Why don't I bring about four of my other bands? And Broken Teeth can play, and Cash. Well, well, yeah, can there play, you go. And it's a, yeah. it's, it's a conflict go. of interest. It doesn't matter. It confuses the ticket holder. It confuses the fan. <laughs> it confuses I, like, I like I like how mu- how much energy you think that I have, but it doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see you in philly real soon yes yeah awesome right on heber thank you so much for being with us today like i said uh give our best to your bandmates so we'll look forward to your next album and hopefully a tour that runs through texas soon on behalf of my co-host jason mcmaster i'm metal dave along with our special guest heber from kicking valentina on this episode of the talk louder podcast